And this is the Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer, Evelyn Aka podcast. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. And on this podcast, we are covering all aspects of immigration for professionals and individuals who are looking to move to Canada and the United States for work, for family, or for personal reasons. If you are looking to make that move, you can download our free guide at ACALaw.com. I have the pleasure today of welcoming my friend and colleague, um, Eric Widman, who is the founder and CEO of Passage Immigration Law based in Oregon. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much, Evelyn. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. And I mean, we've been seeing each other at workshops and and we're both focused on growing and developing personally and professionally. So I thought it'd be great to have you join our podcast because you are U.S. An immigration lawyer, and uh, and I'm Canadian, and so I wanted to talk about you know your background and why you got into immigration law. But maybe the first question is, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yes, well, I am originally from Northern California, grew up in Silicon Valley in a very diverse area, where white people were actually the minority in my public high school, and so that was great. And another formative experience for me was going to Japan as a high as a junior high middle school exchange student I lived with a family there for a month and that opened my eyes to all kinds of new horizons and that encouraged me for example to study international issues in college at UCLA and then went to law school in northern california at davis and the best choice i ever made i think i encourage everybody to do this is live overseas live abroad somewhere and i lived in hungary and i taught law in Budapest. And not only did I have an amazing cultural experience where I was able to serve and give, but I met my wife there. And we have been married for 21 years now. We have three dual citizen kids. <laughs> and uh, that's, yeah, that's that's the, the overview there. And I started my law firm 12 years ago and moved from Northern California to Portland, Oregon. Oh, I love Portland so much. I mean, being from Vancouver, we were down in you know Washington State and Portland on a regular basis in Oregon. It's beautiful. Um, I love the story you tell about you know the importance of traveling and being abroad because I feel like that's been my experience too. Is the more you travel, the more you realize we're all the same, and you also realize that we're all dealing with the same issues. Um, and it just makes you more worldly. And I mean, for the work we do, we're talking to people with different accents and from different countries all the time. Tell me why you called your law firm Passage Immigration Law, Eric. Yes. Well, I when I originally created the firm, it was Widman Immigration because I felt like all law firms uh, <laughs> should go that direction. And hey, that's fine. And you're tying your personal brand, obviously, and your reputation to, to the, the law firm. Mm-hmm. I was inspired from several different ex- examples to go with passage. It was hard finding a good word. I thought of naming it after my daughter, actually, Petra Law Firm, but there was actually <laughs> a, uh, it was already taken online by another law firm in Jordan. So <laughs> we do have the trademark for a passage, but I love the idea of moving from one place to the next, obviously passing one to the next, but also moving from a place of uncertainty to confidence. So both physical, but mental and, and 
confidence level too. That's awesome. So um, Eric, like me, you practice business and family immigration. Can you tell us a little bit about your practice areas and kind of what you focus on and who you can help the best? Yes. So when I first started my firm, I was an in-house lawyer initially at Phillips Electronics in Silicon Valley, and I helped our business and also our subsidiaries. And so there's definitely a business emphasis there, but I was living an international marriage. And so when I started my firm, (laughs) a lot of the clients that naturally were attracted to me and I can connect with were others who typically Americans who had met a foreign national somewhere, maybe in the US or abroad. And I've always been able to connect with them because I think it's the coolest thing in the one of the richest things you can do is get into an international marriage. It has its <laughs> additional challenges, but that I, I love interacting with couples like that. And many of our friends are also international couples with a almost mm. like a dual dual citizen bicultural. Wow. Wow. So that's is that the primary area you work in? Like, do you do any of the corporate immigration or is it mostly the family reunification and the family sponsorship type of immigration law? We're about half and half. And mm-hmm. and so since my roots are business and corporate, we've always kept that up. And then the, the practice grew a fair amount with family-based clients over the last 10 years. But we're probably at this point 40% business clients, employers, and individuals, of course, looking for, mm-hmm. for different options for themselves. And and longer term, I see us moving into having more and more corporate clients. And and yeah, everybody wins in that arrangement. Mm-hmm. So that that I, I love that work as well. That's great. I mean, it sounds like the same kind of breakdown that we have here at ACA Business Immigration Law is the same. We do both. Does your Canadian or U.S. business need to hire foreign workers? Call ACA Business Immigration Law. Our award-winning immigration legal team has the experience and resources to help smoothly navigate the Canadian immigration process and to help Canadians who want to live and work in the United States. Contact us today for a free discovery session at 403-452-9515. We're proud of our client testimonials and reviews. ACA Business Immigration Law helps our clients cross borders seamlessly and smooths the way for business and personal immigration and travel. Contact us today. I'm interested by, you know, you met your wife in Hungary and then you know, now your kids are dual. Are most of your clients out of the U.S. or most of them in the U.S. already trying to come? or bring somebody. Yeah, that I don't have data on that, but my best approximation is about half and half. And probably it at least there's some connection, usually the petitioner or the employer of course is is here, but then in terms of the the beneficiary, the person getting the the benefit, a lot of times they're abroad, they're waiting for their immigrant visa interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a number of folks who are here, students who are moving to a different status, getting H-1Bs and, and, but I, I think I'm so lucky to be able to practice immigration law because it's just fun and exciting to hear names like Paris or (laughs) Nairobi, and then look at the passports and and then think about the, the embassy and, and just the, the excitement of international living and travel. 
Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you too. I think, I think because you've lived abroad and you've been an immigrant on some level too, you know, just like myself here in Canada, it really creates, um, I think, a real compassion and empathy for what our clients are going through. Um, and so, you know, what do you think you bring to immigration that might be different than some other immigration lawyers or other lawyers doing different practice areas? Yes, one of the best experiences as part of living abroad in, in Budapest is that I had to apply for permanent residence in Hungary. And so I was I was an immigrant, like you noted. Mm-hmm. So I actually became a permanent resident for, for, for two years and then gave it up. But it was great as as an American too to and and experiencing all the the benefits that come from this really powerful passport. But mm-hmm. to be on the other side where I really wanted to to live and work there, but it was out of my hands. and and the the sense that I was way less powerful than we typically are in in the u s as citizens, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. So you just had to marry a Hungarian so you could stay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, I saw that. And you know, I we people... never counsel getting married for immigration. Just a caveat. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. That's right. That's right. And I had to work hard to persuade her to to come to the the U.S. And I'm U.S. Canadians. Sometimes we can mistakenly assume that everybody wants to live in North America. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is great. The economy is good. There's lots of great things here. But but my wife grew up with all the benefits of Central Europe. And she she went skiing in the Alps and, yes. and was able to go to Austria nearby. And Hungary had a share of struggles and challenges. And she, mm-hmm. she had way less money than the typical North American. But the, the life, the richness outside our part of the world is really great too. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good point, Eric, because a part of immigration, even the officials, the way that they view applications is like everybody has an intention to stay or to come and never leave or, you know, and that's not always the case. Yes, there's some wonderful things about coming to North America, but a lot of times clients want to come and achieve their education or grow that business and then go back where they came from. So it's not always just a one-way trip you know, and I think there's a real bias sometimes around that. Um, What do you see? Do you ever see that in your work where you feel like certain countries might be, you know, there might be a bias either in support of their applications or against their applications when it comes to U.S. immigration? You don't have to say the countries, but are you, have you seen that before? Yes, absolutely. And it's been the source of a number of lawsuits that we're increasingly filing in, in federal court. And a secret, previously secret government program was created after the terrorist attacks of 9-11 mm-hmm. to investigate people from certain countries. And yeah. the, the so, of course, it was targeting Muslim countries. And, and if you had a Muslim name, you would get subjected to additional scrutiny. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the President Trump travel bans was the most egregious unconstitutional example of of that. And I was so inspired when when multiple lawyers stood up and the state of Washington stood up against that ban and went head to head with the president of the U.S. and won. I was so inspired to to fight for the way they fought for immigrant rights. Yeah. Do you litigate at all or are you like me more of a solicitor's practice? So we 
do we we don't litigate a lot we are filing a, a lot more lawsuits these days mm-hmm. it's probably 15 10 to 15 percent of our our practice is that and- a mandamus is that what they're called Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So where delay litigation is, mm-hmm. is what we're doing. So I guess, Hey, the word litigation's in there, but I don't view myself as a litigator. I view myself as more of a transactional lawyer, mm-hmm. but as, as the, the robots take over more and more, how are lawyers going to provide a lot of value? We're going to do it. I think increasingly through the courtroom and mm-hmm. we're going to file, file more and more lawsuits. And we I think too are are gonna, yeah, have to focus on those types of areas. Okay, so I mean, we all realize I think that we have an aging population, at least here in Canada, and I know it's the states as well. And immigration is a huge part of helping maintain the economy. What is your sense about you know? I don't want to get too political, but what is your sense about how most Americans or the people that you encounter feel about immigration and the U.S. immigration system? The the surveys I've read, the data is showing that by and large, the majority of Americans understand that we need immigrants and we like immigrants and we're a nation of immigrants. So yeah. there, there's on the fringe, the folks who get the most attention, the most outspoken, they, they're they showing up on social media. They're showing up in, in some newspapers and online, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But by and large, the majority of people understand. It was way back with John F. Kennedy. I have his book, A Nation of Immigrants, nearby. Mm-hmm. And we need immigrants and we want immigrants for the for the sake of everybody, for economy, culturally, yep. otherwise. And with the baby boomers all retiring, yep. <laughs> and and business owners experiencing the fact that it's a complete employee market right now. There's so much leverage, and it's so hard to find mm-hmm. good people that if if we're going to keep our economy going we need talent from across the world yeah i agree with that completely so can you tell me eric like just because we know the u.s immigration is a to z can you give me like a summary of the kind of actual visas work permits that you do so that you know people listening to our podcast will really know like okay if i need a a tn or an l or whatever that's you know that that you do that kind of work yeah, yeah, thank you. And we we love TNs and we do a lot of Ls and and E2 investor visas. Uh we do a lot of green card filings like EB3s and perms and uh yeah, the EB, EB1s and extraordinary ability national mm-hmm. interest waiver. So we we like all of those a lot and we right. love the clients. This is so fascinating. The 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 people uh, who are so extraordinary and have not given up on the U.S., you know, they're really going to Canada because you guys are <laughs> so much more welcoming. And, and we're in big trouble in the U.S. if we don't we don't open the door a little bit wider and stop making it so difficult. But mm-hmm. in addition to the business and employment-based cases, we, we do a lot of family-based immigrant visas, fiancé visas. We help people with asylum. And so we only do immigration, but... We don't do removal defense. And so uh, there's a real need there, and especially mm-hmm. with unaccompanied minors and people who are put in removal proceedings. Oh. But we decided not to do that practice area. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think niching, I mean, we do exactly what you do because I just find it, if you're going to do it well, 
you need to find that focus. You know, you can't be all things to all people. Um, so I just want to shift gears a bit, but when you're raising children, you know, that are basically dual citizens, how are you raising them with the global mindset um, to really feel and to have an international worldview? What do you do as a parent? We're both parents um, to be able to instill that in them, because given the work we do, I think our kids are going to also have that sense of importance of immigration and understanding diversity and all the rest of it. Yes, absolutely. And this is one of my favorite topics. And, and at a retreat, I did some work to crystallize my mission and my, my purpose in life. And I've mm -hmm. summarized it as live globally, help other people live globally. And there's an element there of achieving your full potential individually mm -hmm. yeah. by having that international mindset, but also living abroad and being connected abroad, understanding the rest of the world, reading the BBC, but also... Mm -hmm international travel whenever possible and we put our money my wife and i where where our mouth is because our two boys who are middle schoolers ages 13 11 mm -hmm. they went to japan this wow. past month with part of it was a school exchange program and so we had we had to save up for that it was yeah. it was definitely uh but it was important for our family for them just to get that 10 days over there kind of like i had that japanese <laughs> experience and, and then my wife's family in Hungary, we try to go there every other year and, and see family. And they understand Hungarian pretty well. They were, they were fluent when they were little kids, when they were really, really small. It's mm -hmm. so it's latent. I think it, it, it comes out and they yeah. understand a huge amount more than they can say it at first. That's exactly, that's exactly what happens is you have a language or languages, you come to North America, they beat it out of you pretty fast because, yeah. you know, they want you to do well in school and speak English. And before you know it, you've lost it. That's exactly what happened to me. But I, yet I understand most of it but I hate to open my mouth and speak my language, which is Chui, the, one of the major Ghanaian dialects, because everybody laughs at me. <laughs> it's just so, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, she's from abroad and, you know, um, they can tell the minute you open your mouth. So uh, yeah, but that's good. That's well, good. and Evelyn, being bilingual or trilingual yeah. is so good to fight off Alzheimer's, for example. So mm -hmm. I think mentally kids who, who learn a second language it's it, your brain is developed more. I think even scientists have shown that your brain actually gets bigger from learning a second language. Yeah, no, I think it's really valuable. And I mean, we both obviously believe in the importance of immigration. At the end of the day, I mean, with the work we do is we always want to take care of our local people first. And, you know, that's the perspective is if there's a job opportunity and there's qualified Americans or Canadians, that's the priority. But we're finding that just like you, there's a need. There's a need. Employers like us even can't find the people we need to fill the roles we, we have. So immigration, I think, is definitely going to expand and expand into the future. Um, and so that's why we love what we do and we, we give it our all. Is there anything else you want to share with me about passage immigration and about your business and your philosophy and even your background before we wrap up this, you know, friendly chit chat, because this is not a podcast focused on content of legal advice, because they know they can find you. And we'll make sure everybody has your access information to ask specific questions of you and your team. But is there anything else you want to share so that our podcast listeners will understand a little bit more about you? I think I would, well, I would encourage everyone to seek out the chance to 
work abroad and, and live abroad besides just being a tourist. And mm-hmm. so that's that's a crucial distinction. Maybe study abroad, even as an adult. And so certainly uh, my kids, for example, we want them even maybe for all four years to go to a university in uh, abroad somewhere. Yeah. But there are a number of great opportunities where you could have kind of a working vacation. You could work at a cool ecotourist farm mm-hmm. in Guatemala or something like that <laughs> and and really enrich your life, get to know the locals. And that I see as a key part of living globally. I agree. I agree. I mean, one thing is I've known you for a long time through other groups and I feel like, you know, there's a real affinity around mindset. You've got to be the one of the most positive people I have ever, ever met. And that is really a testament because lawyers sometimes we're known as skeptics, right? We're always waiting for the little shoe to drop or worrying about what could happen. And one thing I really appreciate about you, Eric, is the positivity, the generosity. Um, You've got that wonderful mindset that just keeps everybody motivated. And I think people who want to work with you will actually sense that and know that you and your team are doing everything possible for them. So I want to thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Well, thank you, Evelyn. That explains why we get along so well. Because you... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you are a superstar. And that's why we always refer all of our clients up to you when they need Canadian help. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you soon at the next conference we'll be meeting up at. Take I look forward care. to it. Okay, Thank you. thanks. That's it for the show today. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Please share this episode and any others you feel that would help someone looking to make that move to Canada or the United States for work or for family. It would be so great if you could write a review in Spotify to let others know about our show. Please give us a five-star rating. If you have any questions, please reach us at akalaw.com. That's A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com. Or call our main office in Calgary at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you. We look forward to helping you cross borders seamlessly.